We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Are you ready for the word? I'm ready to bring it. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, I want to welcome you to our final week of You Asked For It, a series that we've been in for the last uh, few weeks. And uh, what we've been attempting to do is answer your top five questions uh, that you asked on the Easter survey. Um, And so we gave you an Easter survey and and we said, what do you want to hear about? What are messages that you want to hear about in a later series? And these are the top five things you asked. So, so far we've looked at these questions. Um, The first week was the, which was the number one question. How do I handle stress? How do I handle stress was week number one. Week number two was, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the end times? Third week is, how do I deal with difficult people? We all got difficult people around us. How do we deal with that? And then a few weeks ago, I talked about how can I become a godly parent? And so all the messages are on the podcast uh, or on our website or app. You can get caught up there if you missed any of them. But today I want to I want to answer the final question. That, how do I share my faith? It's no secret that um, our church is growing um, since this past Easter. We have more than doubled in size, really close to uh, tripling, actually, since just Easter. And that number is great. But the number that we really celebrate around here, if you're new, The number that fuels us up is how many have made life-changing decisions for Jesus Christ. It's a number that heaven records, the Bible says. It's a number that heaven throws a party about. And so we're big on that. And since January, as stated, we've seen 405 people make a life-change decision for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And, And that's our vision. That's our mission. Our mission is very simple. We want people to, number one, know God. Someone say, know God. God. Number two, we want them to find freedom. Someone say, find freedom. freedom. We want them then to discover purpose. Someone say, discover purpose. So they can then go and make a difference. Someone say, make a difference. They can never find freedom. They can never discover purpose. They can never make a difference until they first and foremost know God. Have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a moment of surrender where they give their life up. They receive the finished work of the cross. And then and only then can they go to find freedom from their past, the baggage of their past. And then they'll begin to discover their purpose for living so they can then go and make a difference. Amen. That's our mission. That's our vision here. And these four statements that we're passionate about have everything to do with each and every one of you sitting here and listening today. They have everything to do with you. So today I want to talk to you about how we can continue to reach more people for Christ and more specifically how you can begin to share your faith, share your story, plant seeds of hope to reach somebody for Christ. Now, the moment I talk about sharing your faith 
there's different thoughts that come in everyone's mind. And no, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about you going into work and standing on the break room lunch table and preaching the gospel to everybody and telling them to repent, turn or burn, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm not, I'm not talking about you going and finding a street corner and holding up a sign that says, drop that sin like it's hot because hell is real. I'm not talking about that. These are all real signs that I've seen. These are all real signs that I've seen, by the way. I'm not talking about you holding up a sign on the corner of Marklin that says, choose the bread of life or your toast. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you handing out tracts to somebody and telling them they're going to burn in hell forever because of their sin. I'm not telling you to hold up a sign in your neighborhood that says stop, drop, and roll won't work in hell. You're a little slow, but you're worth waiting on. These are all real signs that people hold up in our community. (laughs) If that's you, just don't even just look straight forward. That's you. Um, that method really doesn't work to reach people for Christ. Um, the guy that standing outside the arena, maybe the, the Pacers or Colts that's holding the sign and handing tracks, uh, really doesn't get much interaction and much attention. Um, because when you try to condemn people to hell How many of you know it really doesn't connect with them? Um, Most people that are going to hell who have not made a decision to accept Christ, most people have sinned in their life, guess what? They know that. They know that. So they don't need correction as much as they need connection. And so that's where the church has gotten off the bus for me because um, for so long the church has tried to correct people instead of connect with people. And here at Fuel Church, we want to teach you how to connect with people because connection builds relationship and relationships builds accountability and accountability builds authenticity and transparency, which opens up a heart to receive the seed of the gospel. And that's what I want to talk about today, because um, I believe that 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 we can do a better job, not only in the body of Christ, but even at our church. I heard this quote once. It said this, let your life always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. When necessary, use words. Not always. It's not always what you say. Sometimes it is. But most of the time, it's how you act at work, how you behave, your attitude, how you treat others that can do nothing in return for you. Because the Bible talks about this, that we're to be salt and light. Someone say salt and light. Salt and light. Do you notice salt and light don't talk? But you observe salt and light. Salt actually is something that I love to put on my baked potato with a whole lot of butter. Come on, somebody. And sometimes I throw cheese on it. Don't judge me. Hmm? But salt makes everything taste a little better. You see, when you go into your environment, when you go into your work, when you're around your family and friends, everybody should feel a little bit better. Everybody should be a little more encouraged because you're the salt and you're the light of Jesus Christ. And so it's not always what you say, but it's a lot of times your attitude, your demeanor, 
Huh? Do you go into the environment of your work? Do you go into certain environments and does the environment change you or do you change the environment? Because you can walk in and change the environment without saying a word, either good or bad. When people see you coming at Christ, or do they say, oh no, (laughs) here we go again. Or do they say, yes, I can't wait to see them. They brighten my day. They encourage me when I'm struggling, when I'm having a bad day. We're called to be salt. We're called to be light. And I believe everyone in here, deep down within you, has a deep desire to make a difference in someone's life. Right? Because someone didn't give up on you. Someone said, I'm going to make a difference in his life, in her life. And someone decided to share their story. Someone decided to plant seeds of hope in your life. How many in here, how many in here know someone in your life, in your influence, who is not a follower of Jesus Christ? You know somebody, you know somebody, a work, a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, a family member, uh, someone at the gym, a classmate, you know somebody. Raise your hand, raise your hand. You know somebody who's far from God, yeah. We all know people who are far from God. We all know people who are candidates uh, for a life change experience to encounter the love of God. We all know people. And as followers of Jesus, um, Jesus had a lot to say about this. It was actually his final words to his disciples had to do with this. He told them to go out and to give people the good news. Notice he didn't call it bad news. He called it good news because what's good news. Good news is I may be bound, but I can be set free. Come on, that's good news. I may be poor, but I can be rich in Christ. Come on, somebody. I may be sick, but I can be healed. That's good news, right? I may have no joy, but I can have the joy of the Lord. I may be struggling with the peace of God, the peace in my life, but I can experience the peace of God. That's good news. And Jesus gave this mandate to his disciples, and he still gives it to us today to go out and to share the good news. And I believe most of you in here want to do that. I don't believe there's anybody in here who says, man, I don't, I don't want to let anybody know that I'm a Christ follower. Maybe there is, but I believe the majority of you, you want to share it. You just don't know how, right? And that's why we're talking about it. That's why you asked the question, right? You asked it. Come on. If you don't like the message, hit your name and say, you asked for it. You asked for it. It's your fault. It's your fault. So if we know this to be true, if we know all this to be true, then why do we often hesitate to share our faith? Why do we have four, four things that I, real quick, I think that bring hesitation to us. Number one, um, um, we are afraid. We're afraid, right? We're afraid to share our faith. We're afraid to share our story. Um, some of you, when I'm even talking about this in your mind, you're getting stress and anxiety. Like I wouldn't even know what to say to somebody. Um, when you think about inviting someone to church, that thought scares you. And a lot of times, fear holds us back. Fear holds us back. But can I tell you this, that people want hope. People want hope in our world, don't they? They just want it delivered in the right way, right? And the, for too long, the church has packaged it the wrong way. And so, so, so a lot of times, we're afraid because uh, of maybe an experience we had personally or an experience someone else had when they begin to share their faith. And so we're afraid. Number two is we don't feel qualified. We don't feel qualified. What if I don't know the answer to their Bible question? 
right? I don't know enough scripture. I don't know enough of the word. And if they ask, ask me, if they know I'm a Christian at work, they're going to start asking me these questions. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to mess this whole thing up for them. So we don't feel qualified. Number three is we don't want to be pushy because there's been people who were pushy with us before we came to Christ. Come on, you know those people. They tried to shove Jesus down your throat, right? They, they, they try to be pushy on everything. And some of you have experienced that in your life. And you're like, I don't want to be that kind of person. Um, number four is we are complacent. A lot of us are complacent. And we're kind of just, you know, we check the box. We're good. We're saved. We're on our, on our way to heaven. And we're comfortable in these new chairs you got, Pastor. And we just don't want to let anybody know about Jesus. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. In today's society, people are getting offended about everything. I mean, dear Lord, offended about everything. Everybody wants to stand on their soapbox nowadays. And so, so we're just kind of sitting there and we just, we're just going to be happy and, you know, make it to heaven or us for no more. And, and, and we good. We good being quiet. We ain't got to let nobody know. And um, th- th- that's not a good reason either. How many of you know that? So we're afraid. We don't feel qualified. We don't want to be pushy. And we can be complacent. May I remind each and every one of you today is this. That you don't need to have a theological degree to share your faith. You don't need to know all the scriptures to share your faith. You know, uh, probably every week someone asks me a question and I'll have to tell them, I'll get back to you. It's because I don't know the answer. And I'm the pastor. Now I'm going to find the answer, right? But, but there's, there's questions I don't know. And if I'm unsure of the answer, I'm going to go and study it out, and I'm going to find that answer. And, and so, so you don't need some degree to share the love of Christ. Amen? You don't, you don't need that. You, you don't need to be an expert in, in, in Bible knowledge. You don't need to know the answer. Jesus commissioned us. Someone say us. He commissioned us to go out and to share. He commissioned us to be his ambassadors, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to go out and to reach people for Christ. You're saying today, I know what you're saying. Where do I start? Where do I start? How do I do this? And I'm glad you asked this question because I'm prepared to tell you today. Are you ready for it? I got three points in a poem. Are you ready? I don't have the poem, but I do got three points. Just sounded good. The first way you can share your faith is you can use what you have. You can use what you have. You can use what you have. In fact, this is the first way we see the gospel spread by an unlikely candidate named Levi in the Bible. He's also known as Matthew. He was a tax collector. Okay? Today's term for him would be mafia, right? That's what the tax collectors were like back then. They were crazy. They hung out. The Bible says it all throughout the Gospels that they were with all the notorious sinners, right? The tax collectors. They were robbing people. They were doing this and that. They were the mafiosa of those days. That's Spanish for mafia, right? Learned that in Jersey. Thank you for that culture you taught me. And so Matthew was this guy that nobody expected to fly right, robbing people, misusing and abusing people. But when he encountered Jesus, his life 
totally changed. And because he was known in the community, he was known as this this really evil person in the community. He had a group of friends that he partied with, the Bible says. And, and he would throw big parties. He had, he had, he had them hundred dollar bills, y'all. You know what I'm saying? He was robbing people. So he was hooked up, man. He had the house. He had the speakers. Come on, somebody. He had filet mignon and shrimp on the grill. He was throwing parties. He was throwing parties. Jesus comes into his life and everything changes for Matthew. Everything changes. And, 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 and Matthew, didn't know anything about sharing his faith. He wasn't a preacher. He had not been to Bible college. He had not even been to church once. But we see in the scriptures that after he had this encounter with Christ, that Matthew does one thing. He used what he, he, used what he had. He said, I'm going to use what I've always used to reach people, but reach them in a different way. And Matthew throws this massive party. Check this out. He throws this massive party. And everybody's like, yo, it's about to be lit. Matthew's like, come on, come out and party. And they get there to the party. And they're looking at each other like, yo, man, Matthew's parties are always lit. But at this party, there ain't no Bacardi. And they're looking around. And they're like, where are the women at that were dancing last week? The women ain't there dropping anyway. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm modernizing the story. Come on, work with me a little bit. And, 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 and so the grill's fired up. The music's bumping. But he ain't got two chains on it. He ain't got 25, I mean 50 cent on it. Sorry, I get, yeah. Anyway. He, he ain't got it. He got some Lecrae, some Andy Minio bumping, some social club misfits. Come on, somebody. And they're like, what's up with this Jesus music? Right? And, 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 and Matthew had a distinguished guest with him, and he gets up on the microphone and says, hang on, DJ, why not? Hang on real quick. Um, I got an announcement to make. Um, um, I got a friend, guys, and uh, his name is Jesus. And they're like, oh, snap. Which Jesus is he? Because... A lot of people named their child Jesus in those days, okay? And, and, and he begins to share about his friend Jesus. Well, let's just look it up. It's in the scripture right here, Matthew 5, 29. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large cloud of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Another translation says a large crowd of notorious sinners. Verse 30, but when the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect uh, complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew simply called his buddies over and invited them to a party. And in the same way, you can use what you have to reach those you love. Maybe you like to throw parties. You love to host Man, there's a ton of new people in our church. Why don't you get to know them? Someone say, Hi. man, there's so many new people. I don't know. Them. Well, why don't you just start inviting them over and throw a party and get to know them? Why don't you invite some coworkers who aren't you know, serving God over to your house and begin to plant seeds and have a good time, right? Maybe you like to play basketball. Maybe you start coaching somebody. 
right? Maybe you start coaching one of the team and, 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 and you sow into those, those students. Maybe you like coffee. Why don't you take somebody out for coffee? Come on now. Take them out for a Starbucks, right? I know it's $5. I understand. I understand. Take them to Speedway then. I don't care. Y'all can drink that coffee. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, Maybe you like to go out to eat. Why don't you find somebody and pay for their meal and take them out? Take them out. That's what Matthew did. He used what he had. What do you have that you can use to reach somebody far from Christ? Because everybody in here has something they could use. Some of you young people here, you teenage, you have something that you can use. Maybe there's somebody who's struggling in a subject and you're on the honor roll and you're going to help them get their grade up. Maybe. Maybe it's you're going to share your lunch with somebody at school who, who, who doesn't have a lunch, right? Or who, 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 who looks down. Maybe you're going to go sit with them. No one sits at that table, but you're going to say, I'm going to go sit with them and get to know them. I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to connect with them. Use what you have to reach somebody for Christ. I know it's a simplistic message today. It's not going to get you shouting and running around the church, but it sure is good. Use what you have. That's all Matthew did. He used what he had, and and the seed of the gospel was planted, was planted. And I love Jesus because here Jesus was. Check this out. Jesus was at this party with Matthew, the head of the mafia. He was with Matthew and all his sinner friends. And Jesus chose the occasion not to correct them, but to connect with them. You can either connect or correct, but you can't do both. He connected with them on their level. Connected with them on their level. Point number two. I'm running out of time. But here's point number two. You can invite someone to church. You can invite someone to church. That's supposed to say you can. (laughs) I'm not going to say who messed that up, but praise God for my wife. You know those little cards you're sitting on that you fart on every week? Um, we print those so you can invite someone to church. I, I cannot tell you how many people have said they came to this church because somebody invited. You're here today and someone invited you to this church. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Somebody invited you to this church. Raise your hand. Through a card, through a Facebook invite. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look around. Look around. Over half, probably 75, 80% of the people, right? Because personal invites still work today. Personal invites still work. And in John 4, we see this powerful story. There's a woman at the well. You know the story. I don't have time to get into it. But, but she had experienced a lot of hurt and pain in her life. She had been with many men, many men in her life. She had a reputation in the city, but she has one encounter with Jesus at a well. She goes to the well at a time where no one else is there because she doesn't want to be seen. She doesn't want to be looked at. She's ashamed of herself. Shame and guilt is all over her face. But Jesus has a mandate from his heavenly father to go sit with this woman. And this woman starts drinking from a different kind of well. You know what I'm saying? 
All her life, she'd been trying to fill that thirst with men, with the relationship. And all of a sudden, she drinks of the living water and it totally changes her life. So much so that she says this in John 28. Verse 30, then leaving her water jar. Now that was very important in those days. That was her life. She went there to get water. You go there every day, you get water, you bring it back for your family or for your, your sleeping buddies. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay. The rest of you get that on the podcast. And, and so she left it behind and the woman went back to the town, to the people. In verse 29, she said, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. And they're like, oh, snap. That took a long time for him to tell you everything you ever. Anyway. (laughs) First service. I love y'all. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. I work hard on this. Could this be the Messiah, she said. Verse 30. They came out of the town and made their way toward. What did she do? She did not memorize scripture. She did not preach to them. She didn't even pray for them. She simply invited everyone to come and see a savior who changed my life. Y'all know what I've been through. Y'all know who I've been with. But come see this man that changed everything for me. Come on. Take the invite. Come sit by me. Come sit with me because this guy changed me. Can I tell you? This church has no power to change someone. Can I tell you that this pastor has no power to change someone? But can I submit to you that Jesus Christ has all power to change somebody's life, to set them free, to break the chains of bondage over their life? One invite could change everything for someone. And some of you have never taken this card and handed it to somebody. One invite could change everything. One invite. We print them so you can take them out. And you could say, come and see. Come and see what the Savior's done for me. Come and see. We don't print them so that you could say, come and see that our church is perfect and we got it all together. No. Come and see a perfect people. You'll never get hurt. No, you'll probably get hurt here. Just saying it. Because we get offended easy, all of us. So there are going to be times there are things you don't like. Why is it so smoky? Well, smoking section's behind there. That's why. And all the people listening are back there chiefing out. That's why. Someone told me this week, my friend told me that that church is in a cult. Like they get people wearing their shirts and they get them serving on a team. It's like a cult. The word spreading in the community. Fuel church is in a cult. <laughs> I started laughing. I said, that's funny, man. <laughs> that's funny. Come and see what Jesus has done. Can you, could, could you take this this week and just hand it to one person? Could it, be, could it be the very invite that changes everything for them, their marriage? Could it be the thing that breaks them free from depression? Could it be the thing that breaks drug addiction? Could it be? Could it be? So we, 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 we can invite them. We can invite them. So number one, you can use what you have. Number two, you can invite someone to church. Number three, we'll wrap this up. You can share your story. You can share your story. You know that your story is the most powerful tool that you have to reach somebody because you can't argue with somebody's story. I I can go to Wes, come here, Wes, and him and I can chop it up and I could, he could, we could debate over scriptures all day long. We could debate that. But then the moment Wes says, man, 
my life before Christ. Man, I was a mess. I was in debt. I was addicted. I was partying. But Christ set me free. Is the moment I, I can't say anything. I can't argue with his story. And likewise with my story. You can't argue with me. I was a weed smoking party boy. You can't argue that Christ set me free. Can't argue with that. What's your story? Well, I was never into No, you got a story. What about the unseen sins that we don't talk about? What about the people raised in church all their life, but got unforgiveness and bitterness in their heart and God set you free from it? What about those people? You don't have to have some crazy past in order for God to use your story. What about the hurt, the verbal abuse, the mental abuse you went through? What about that? What about the financial mess that you were in? What about that? What about the marriage that was broken? What about that? God can use your story. We see it all throughout the Bible that people share their story. There was a blind man in John chapter 9, verse 25. I don't have time to go there, guys, but just mark it down for your reference. And there's a blind man who was healed. And, and this story goes on to say that, that, that all these Pharisees and Sadducees were pressing this blind man. And, and he said, listen, I don't know who this guy is, but all I can tell you is this. I was once blind and now I see. Now I see. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And the Bible says that they continue to press him and press him. They want to know more about this man who healed them. And there was an opportunity for the man to share Christ. There was an opportunity for him to take them to Jesus because of the story of his life. What story do you have that is waiting to be told? to encounter somebody's life that is just waiting on yours. See, there's people that you're going to reach that I could never reach. There's people you work with, you, your neighbors with, there's friends you're with, that your story will reach them where mine will never reach them. Your story could change the very course of their life. Everybody in here has stories in the chapters, in the chapters of the book of your life. Everyone in here. Stories that will connect with people and help people and give people hope. Never downplay your story. Never be ashamed of your story. And always let your story point to God's glory. This week, there's going to be opportunity for you to share your story. Are you going to do it? Are you going to tell them what Christ has done? Are you going to tell them how you had to step out of fear and into faith? Are you going to tell him how he healed your marriage, how he healed your body, how he healed your mind? Come on. Every week, mostly every week, rather, we get stories at my, at, uh, my story at thefuelchurch.com. And it's an email that you can type out your story. And I love reading those stories. Man, almost every time tears come down my face just reading the stories of people. They encourage my faith. How much more would those stories encourage others? How much more could we reach more people for Christ? See, it's not about building a big church. It's not about building a big church. It's about building big people. It's about building heaven bigger. And whether the people that you invite out to church, whether the people that you share your story with 
come here or not. Yeah, sure, we want them to come here. We believe this is the greatest church on the planet. Amen. But whether they come here or not, it's not the point. Can we, can we get them connected to heaven? Can we get them connected to heaven? Can we cause heaven to do another hiring to build on more mansions? Come on. The unemployment rate is very low in heaven right now because of this church. Because of this church. So number one, what can you do? You can use what you have. What do you have in your life? What do you have in your influence that you can use to reach somebody for Christ? Number two, you can invite somebody to church. I believe every person in the sound of my voice can do that one, number two. Every person should be doing that every week. You can invite someone to church. One simple invite could change everything. And number three, you can share your story. You can share your story. Now check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Notice in anything we talked about today, we didn't say that you have to confront them about their sin, about them sleeping around, smoking around, drinking around, about all these fleshly sins that so many churches love to point out the first encounter they have with people. Notice we didn't say any of that. No, because here's our job. Here's our job. If you go to this church, you're not going to find any of that. And if we find you doing it, we'll probably ask you to leave because this is a judgment-free zone. And we believe lost people matter to God, and therefore they matter to us. And we're not going to drive anybody away because of a weakness, a sin, a struggle, a temptation they have. We're not going to drive them away. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to connect with them. We're going to plant seeds, and we're just going to ask God to bring the increase. Because it is our job to connect with them. It is the Holy Spirit's job to correct them, not us. And last I checked, you ain't the Holy Spirit. That's last I checked. So we ain't someone's Holy Spirit. Our life will be enough light and enough salt shining to where they'll come to us eventually. Hey, you know I'm struggling with this. Yeah, I knew. Well, I want to be free. Boom. Whoop, there it is. There's the opportunity for us to pray for deliverance. There's the opportunity. All we got to do is live our life. All we got to do is point them to Jesus. They know they're sinning. They know that church. Don't be that crazy Christian that goes around judging and pointing everybody else's sin. Jesus called him out. He said, you, you, you got a log in your eye when you're picking out the speck in someone else's eye. Stop it. Jesus said, it's not what the church is called to do. We are called to love all people. We are called to love 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 people. The Holy Spirit will correct and direct them. He will draw them unto Jesus. He will convict them of all sin. Amen. Come on, stand with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. 
And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.